Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Thursday edition of the show. Kyle, I am still kind of smiling over the trivia night last night. That was fun. I want to give credit to everybody because we had the entire team on, and everybody brought great questions. There was nobody that was like, Oh, you know, who are the top five, like, touchdown leaders in NFL history? Like, it was all, like, really interesting stuff, and that's what made it so much fun. And I was like, man, I hope, like, we either don't get too cute or it doesn't get too, like, cornball-y, but it didn't because everybody everybody had a great attitude and brought great questions. Uh, you know, I'll take I'll take a little bit of an exception with Jonah Toll's question about Taylor Mays. And it wasn't Everson. a question. That's what I was like, dude, what, what, what did you ask? Like, none of the stuff you even said is, like, really. <laughs> got- you straight up did that to him on the street, too. You were like, you didn't even ask a question. <laughs> like, Jesus. I, I got to the point where I was like, can we just get through this one? I don't even know what. And then somehow, somehow Jordan pulls it out of his ass. What, the. Um... He got it right. The USC players. Yeah, yeah. Sit there, and he was like, Ben Ben kept trying to shush him along, and I'm like, well, no, I want him to have an educated guess because I'm not going to have one. So. <laughs> oh, because you, oh, you were you on deck, huh? No, I was I was dead last in that question. Oh, you're lucky. I was going to get everybody's answers first, but I'm like, man, like, thank God I'm going to get a lot of different perspectives before it's my time on the clock. If anyone missed the uh, the Twitch stream from last night, you can go to thedraftnetwork.com right now and watch it. And I promise you, you will have a good time. We certainly did. And we're going to do it every Wednesday, right? 10 o'clock p.m. Every Wednesday, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Eastern standard time, yes. Yeah. God's time. It's not God's time. More I think about it, it's not. Um, but we don't need to get into that. No. <laughs> Where's the first? Do- it's on the do not disturb list for draft dudes. Kyle, where's the first today, right? That's the concept we're going to... Uh, give our rankings of the eight teams that finished in last place of their division in 2018 and rank them in order of who's most likely to become a first-place team in 2019. Kyle, I have a little bit of data uh, that I did some research on here before we start. Is this one out of – this happens once a year? Is that the average? Uh, I don't have that. Well, I only have specifically 2017 to 2018. From 2017 to 2018, two teams went worse to first. Yes. Yeah. One eight. Houston and Chicago. Those are the two teams that went worse to first 27 to 2018. I found this also to be interesting. Three teams remained in last place from 2017 to 2018. Both teams from New Jersey, the Jersey Jets and the Jersey Giants, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I think we'll see some statistical trends here. I don't want to tip my hand because we're revealing these 
by counting backwards, effectively, is what we're doing. Um, by the way, Joe, mm-hmm. ACC Media Days this week, you've been having a good time, but I do have a complaint. Oh, okay. You've thrown off my rhythm with the podcasting. I'm on my second cup of coffee already this morning because I feel like I need to bring the energy. You know, Kyle, you used to be this early guy, you know, early rising, waking up at four in the morning and shit. I mean, now, I know. You, now your ass can't get out of bed at seven in the morning. We got room darkening <laughs> shades. It, it's a disaster. Room I think it's shades? I, yeah, the curtains, the, oh. the like super thick ones. And it's meant and designed to prevent daylight from getting into the room. Well, when I'm asleep, <laughs> I I need the light as a prompt. And I don't get it because the missus has to have like complete darkness like Dracula to sleep like a rock. <laughs> oh, wow. Marital problems already. Oh, my goodness, Joe. Just give me some normal curtains and I'll be up and at it at 430 every morning. I got tape to grind. <laughs> but it's been, that's been surprising. I will say this about ACC Media Day. I ain't about this driving to work life. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Who's that yeah, you, for? Got a, you got a nice little thirty-minute commute, don't you? Yeah, to Uptown Charlotte, man. Like Uptown, not downtown. No, never, never, never. We know no, you're not, not from around yesterday. here. Y'all ain't from around here. All right. All right. What do you want to go eight so, to one? Dead last. Yeah. In the yeah, we're gonna go eight to one on the baby big board. Okay. And um, the team that I have in dead last is. Uh, a team that doesn't generally get discussed about in terms of Vegas betting odds and draft odds at this juncture as a team that could have the top pick, but I think this team has a very realistic chance of getting the top overall pick. I'm talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals offensive line has been ravaged already with injury, Jonah Williams and retirement with Clint Bowling going down. Uh, I was corrected when I said that uh, Trey Hopkins was in line for a starting position. Now they said, well, no, actually it's Christian Westerman. To which case I say, my point proven exactly. Christian Westerman, (laughs) if you're standing for Christian Westerman, your offensive line's got a problem. And that's exactly where the Bengals sit at this point in time. Uh, I think the quarterback position stale. It's a new coach. It's a coach that, to be honest, I – I was surprised got a coaching gig. It was one of those hires that was all about, well, you know, he knew Sean McVay at one time. They had breakfast together, so he should probably be a head coach now. Cause, and uh, I, I, I just don't have great expectations based on the coaching hire because I think Zach Taylor got hired prematurely based on what his working resume was. Now, he could go out and prove me wrong. He may be a, a, an off, offensive savant, and if he is, then good for the Bengals. But – that's a big drastic change for their offense. Um, Andy Dalton is not somebody that I'm excited about. The offensive line's not very good. The linebackers aren't very athletic. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the Bengals have some problems and a division that's got the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns, who are a very upstart football team. I have a very difficult time seeing the Bengals get out of the cellar. I have the Bengals low on my list, but they're not dead last. Dead last on my list is the Arizona Cardinals, three and thirteen last year. Um, look, I mean, there's just you've got Cliff Kingsbury who couldn't win at Texas Tech uh, as a head coach. You have a, a Kyler Murray who's a one year starter in college. Uh, this offensive line, I mean, it's, the Bengals and Cardinals they those are the two worst offensive lines in the league. Cardinals might be worse. 
Uh, you have very young weapons. I know you have Fitzgerald and David Johnson, right? So that like elevates the age of the room. But outside of those guys, man, you got some young young bucks in, in the fray there with who's going to be catching passes from uh, Kyler Murray in year one. Now you've got a, you got the, the defense is interesting because they have a lot of veterans on that group, and so like if you were to try to spin it in a positive way, you might say there's veterans. On this defense, if it comes together under Vance Joseph, and then maybe the the league will take some time to have to adjust to what Cliff Kingsbury is doing, and Kyler Murray, you know, uh, is gangbusters from from the outset. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Arizona Cardinals are the least likely team to go from worst to first in 2019. Okay. Where were the were the Bengals seventh on your list? Yeah, let me go ahead. I got the Bengals at number seven. Uh, well, I'm not, uh, unless you have anything that you disagree for the sake of timeliness, like I just have them flip flopped. I don't have anything to add on the Cardinals because I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think so. Let me tell you why I went with the Cardinals over the Bengals as my dead last team. Uh, and look, we're talking bleak, bleak chances here. I expect the Bengals to be the last place team in the division. Uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of changes going on with the three teams. Uh, it, well, there's all four teams in the North, right? They're, that's that's not inconsistent with with what's going on in Cincinnati. But you guys know I have a little soft spot for the Bengals. I like their outside. I know this is stupid, but outside of offensive line, quarterback, and linebacker, I like okay. this roster. Yeah, okay, you like roster. less than half the team. That's great. <laughs> Listen. Receivers are interesting. The secondary is good. The D line's really good. The running back's awesome. It just—I mean—they've got a middling quarterback, a, a, an uninspiring group of linebackers, and an offensive line that is wouldn't be the best in college football. Yes, it would be. Yes, it would be. I didn't say that. Are you sure? Yeah, I did. Let's move on. Who do you got at seven? <laughs> Cardinals. Cardinals at seven. Yeah. I get the Cardinals at seven. So we've knocked out the bottom quarter already, which is good. Uh, you had provided the statistic, Joe, that uh, the Jersey teams uh, remained in last place from 17 to 18. Yes. We've got another one that's going to be staying in last place. <laughs> six for you? My my six is the New York Giants. Um, they're just in a, they're in a tough division. And I think when you look at what the Giants did, which included uh, – via trade and then and then free agency swapping out Odell Beckham for Golden Tate and using the uh, top 10 overall pick on a quarterback of the future that's not likely to help them this year and they got rid of Olivier Vernon they've downgraded the pass rush it kind of felt redundant with some of their draft selections um and the the positions that they were addressing and, and I get like fill out your roster at positions of like, if you're going to draft by best player available, then that's fine. But don't expect a long uh, or a short-term boost if you're doubling down on positions because you you feel you need more of the same thing at defensive tackle or at the cornerback position, which they invested a lot in Gordon this year. So I just think the Giants got worse in critical areas with their outside wide receivers, with Odell Beckham no longer being in the picture. And their pass rush with Olivier Vernon no longer being in the picture. And they didn't replace those players. And the players that they did target and bring in, predominantly in the NFL draft, are players that they already had contributors at. So I think they're a team that's in neutral right now. Uh, for my number six team, I have the Oakland Raiders. 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 Um, 
I mean, real this this division has the Chiefs and Chargers. So is yeah, you ain't getting better than third. <laughs> so is if you think the Raiders got better, which they did in the offseason, uh <laughs> you've got a couple of twelve and four teams from last year that uh are gonna be good again this year. I mean, when you think about the AFC playoff picture, let's be honest, you've got four division winners, and then you have either the Chiefs and Chargers, uh, you know making the wild card spot. And then you have a bunch of teams competing for the sixth spot. Anyways, we're talking about whether or not they can win the AFC West. I think it's very, very, very unlikely. Uh, I put it sixth. Kyle, this linebacker situation is bizarre to me. In a division, yeah. in a division where you have to face that Patrick Mahomes and, and really good receiving backs in Austin Eichler and, and Melvin Gordon for the Chargers. You've got a dynamic tight end and Noah Fant in the division with the Broncos. And, you know, Philip Lindsay's really good out of the backfield. The Raiders are trotting out Vontez Perfect in a 509 40 yard dash, Brandon Marshall at a 481 40 yard dash, Markel Lee in a 478 40 yard dash. Their backups are Tahir Whitehead, 47, James Kowser, 482, Kyle Wilbur, 486, and Jason Kabinda, who didn't run an, an official 40 yard dash, but anybody that watched his tape at Penn State know he's slow as hell. What 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 are the Raiders doing at linebacker with these slow ass heavy footed backers? You know what makes it's- me sad. You know what makes me the most sad. What? You just talked about how slow each and every one of those guys was, and they all ran. The exception of Vontez Perfect, all ran at least a tenth of a second faster forty yard time than I did. <laughs> I'm not asking you to play middle linebacker <laughs> in the AFC West, brother. Yeah, that's true. Um, I yeah, very don't... very old school throwback. It, you almost expect now. This is where Lamar, the signing of Lamarcus Joyner, comes into play for the Raiders. It, is he's gonna have to be a player that gets looks out of the base personnel, and they rotate him down into the box for single high looks with Carl Joseph playing behind him. That's gonna be, have to be how they play it because they need a coverage option in the box. That's not going to run a four nine. Kyle, this is the same stuff we saw from Paul Gunther in Cincinnati. Like he he just hates linebackers that can move. Right. So yeah, I mean, if you play sub packages all day and have six defensive backs on the field, it's not a problem. But <laughs> I, don't, I just think Gruden's an old school coach, and he wants to be strong in the middle. Okay, and now he's and now he's going to put all the pressure on his outside defenders and zone defense to tackle. Good. And if luck. you miss a tackle, it's a house call. The Raiders aren't the worst team of the last place teams from 2018, but they ain't winning the AFC West. I actually had the Raiders at five. So if you had the Giants at six, if you have anything you want to add, uh, or did you have somebody else at five? No, I had the I had the Giants at five. So we okay. So. So we're in the same quarters. We're, we're just flipping the teams. Yeah. So we have the same four teams in the bottom four. I would like. To, do you have any rationale between <laughs> this is a, this is a crap question, but I'm giving it to you anyways. Why do you think the Giants are more likely to go? Why do you think the Raiders are more likely to go from worst to first than the Giants? Explosive offense. I think they can manufacture some explosive plays with all the 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 turnover that they brought in and Derek Carr and. Antonio Brown being there and yeah. the presence that he's going to provide. So uh, I just think that the Giants are going to 
ride Saquon Barkley and make him grind everything out on his own, where I think the Raiders actually have a chance to spread the field and, and sling around a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. It, it, that's that's very sound reasoning. I just feel like the course in the AFC West is is difficult, more difficult than the NFC East. And I Brother, think the, I mean the the NFC East has the Eagles and Cowboys. I, I I'm aware. I'm aware of that. I think that the Chiefs and Chargers are better teams than the Cowboys and Eagles, collectively. We might have ourselves a bet there. Let's revisit that one. Let's take it right now. The Chiefs and Chargers will win more games than the Cowboys and Eagles in 2019. Done. Oh, it's the first one! It's right, it. it's right there! That's fun. That's fun, Kyle. Lock it in. You're going to be now, out there for the Cowboys. You, you, you and Jonah Tolles. Did you consider that the NFC East plays the AFC East this year as their opposite division? Brother, no, I didn't think about that. But I'm not oh, – this, this right. is not a Michigan-Miami situation. <laughs> I It's the NFL. I thought, about, I, I thought about saying something. I'm like, no, I better take the bet first. Take it. Then see what he thinks. Take it. It's yours. Enjoy. All right. We got ourselves a bet. So you, you, you have to join forces with Ben – and Jonah all year long. And you know JC and Brad are closet Cowboys fans. So, Well, I think the Chargers might be in for a little bit of a regression this year. Oh, please. Chiefs will win 13 games, no problem. And the Chargers yeah. win 9 or 10? Yeah. What do, what do you think the Cowboys and Eagles are going to win? 11 each? Because if close they, to it, if they, I think it's. I think this bet's going to be separated by like a, a win. What's the tiebreaker? We got to figure that out, but now is not the time. All right, we got to get you on your way to the ball, Cinderella. Yeah, aka ACC Media Days, which start in an hour and a half. Yeah, let's go. Uh, number five. To, why don't you introduce this one first? Nah. Since I've been introducing for no, at five I have the Giants, so we're going with number four. Four. I'm sorry. You're right. I don't want to. Why don't you go ahead and introduce your number four? Team. I don't want to talk about this. It better be an NFC South team. It's not. We're going to have the same deal. <laughs> What's well, an NFC team then? No, it's an AFC team. Oh, okay. Then we're going to break the trend here a little bit. That's great. All right. I have the New York Jets at number four. The and this is strictly speaking because the Patriots are in the AFCs. I guess. I mean, the the Jets. Um, I mean, we're in the top half here. I'll be honest with you. Outside of my like first team and maybe my second, I really don't think it's going to happen for any of these teams, right? So I don't really think it's going to happen for the Jets. But I think they're the fourth most likely team to go from worst to first. Obviously, they made a lot of uh, changes this year uh, with the Jets. You've got Sam Darnold in year two, Jamison Crowder's in the mix, Kalichi Assembly's in the mix, Le'Veon Bell, Quinn and Williams, C.J. Mosley. Uh, I mean, to go with uh, some good pieces that were already in the mix on the roster. Um, yeah, Adam Gase, I don't love him as a head coach, but I think he's a good offensive mind, or at least he can be. And uh, Sam Darnold, I like what Le'Veon Bell is going to mean for him in the passing game. Uh, you know, look, I mean, you have two Sounds teams. like you like a lot about the Jets, Joe. I like a lot about the Jets. I hate a lot about Adam Gase, and I don't like this offensive line, and I have major questions about their cornerbacks. I mean, Tremaine Johnson was a flop based on what he was paid last year. And, the you know, they're asking Brian Poole to play outside corner opposite of him. And and Perry Nickerson is the Nick who struggled last year. Like, I like cornerbacks matter, right? And they don't have a good situation there. And so, you know, Marcus May is coming back from injury. Jamal Adams doesn't get interceptions. I mean, we have 
I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a little, uh, there's reasons to be doubtful there, but um, it's division, right? So you have the, the Dolphins, who I, I think the Jets will be better than the Dolphins. I think the Jets and Bills are kind of at similar states right now, but I, th- I think there's reason. If you wanted to be convinced that the Jets will be better than the Bills in 2019, I think there's a reasonable case to be made there. So the real, the, the only team that you can say is absolutely in their way is the Patriots. And I'm not sure that there's any situation here where you can realistically look at these landscapes of these divisions and say there's only one team in their way. There's only one team that's really in the way. It's the Patriots. Now, it is the freaking Patriots. I get that. But it's only one team. Things can happen. An injury can happen. And – I think that they're the fourth most likely team. Now, the Jets for me were my second team for all of the reasons that you just outlined. Like, they have a lot going for them in a positive light. And because there's only one team ahead of them, and it's the Patriots, and the Patriots for the first time in, I think, nine years won less than 12 games in the regular season last year. They won 11. Like... Is it dynasty over, Kyle? No. (laughs) Or were 11 games of the Super Bowl last year? (laughs) But if the Jets win 10, 11 games, that puts them in the ballpark, right? I know. So for everything that you just outlined, I think you you gave a very realistic opportunity in case to make the statement that, you know, that's why they, they have a reasonable chance because they have a lot of young, impressive players, and they've got the interior penetration with Leonard Williams and Quinter Williams that can get quick pressure and help mask the issues in the secondary. So I, I'm i a lot higher on the Jets' chances. They're my second team on, the, on this board. My fourth-place team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I like what Bruce Arians is going to bring to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I think it's a perfect fit for Jameis Winston and Mike Evans and – uh, O.J. Howard, uh, it, it, by all accounts, it seems like they're going to get a little something out of Ronald Jones after Peyton Barber's season last year, which we've talked plenty about on this podcast, Joe. We don't need to play that. <laughs> uh, defensively, they, they've lost some linebacker play. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, it sounds like, will be out for the year, so there's some issues there. Uh, defensively, I think they'll struggle. That's why they're they're – I like the upgrades on the offense that they have more than the Raiders, which is why they're ahead of the Raiders in the group. But when you're playing in the division with the Falcons, the Saints, I always do this, Joe. I always get three out of the four. Who am I forgetting? It's a really good team, too. Oh, the Panthers. Yeah, really good. Uh, the Falcons, the Falcons, Saints, and Panthers. Um, I just think there's too much firepower for them to overcome, and because of that, because there's three teams I think that are still better than the Buccaneers, I have them fourth on this list. All right, so this is the same type of deal here. I have – well, no, you, this isn't the same type of deal. I need to move on to my third team. Yes. Which is the Buccaneers. Okay. Um, I've had third most likely team, so we're getting towards the top of my list. Uh, offense is going to be good. It's always good, right? And it's going to be better with Bruce Arians. I think he'll get the most out of Jameis. I got questions about this defense, right? A lot of questions about this defense. A lot of young players stepping in. Uh, they lost some veterans. Uh, you know, I mean, McCoy for Sue is kind of a one for one. JPP's not really in the mix. But I, I mean, in an offensive league, I really feel good about their ability to score points. And I think it's a tough road because I, I think there's three other good teams. There's two really good teams, one pretty good teams in the way. But if if they can really get the offense spinning, there's a chance. I think it's unlikely. I think it's pretty unlikely, despite them being third on my list. 
but I, I can I can get behind what this team has on offense. Okay, so we have we have similar schools of thought for the Buccaneers. Yeah, which means your top two teams are the Jaguars and the Lions in yeah. some order. Yeah, in some order. Yeah, uh, Jaguars are also in my top. I had mentioned that the Jets, my top three, uh, the Jets have already mentioned were my number two. And then the Lions, the missing linker in my top three as well. So we're, we're generally speaking, same school of thought. My third rated team is the Detroit Lions. Uh, I appreciate what the Lions have constructed and becoming Patriots West, right? It's always a slippery slope when, when that's how you try and build your team is just to completely replicate no ifs, ands, or buts about it, what you had somewhere else. And that's exactly what you're seeing Matt Patricia do in Detroit. Bringing in Trey Flowers, bringing in Justin Coleman, bringing in Damian Dole this offseason. Uh, on a defense that I, I liked for what they had, you know, a super physical defensive front. Um, they had speed at linebacker. It wasn't always consistent with tackling. Jared Davis has continued to struggle in those areas. Uh, big play slay in the secondary as a, a – cornerstone on the defensive side of the football and then offensively this team slings the ball around they got some excited receivers they finally had a running back over 100 yards in a football game i think carry on johnson's got potential to have some really nice production this year um brought in tj hawkinson so like they checked a lot of boxes but ultimately they're in a division where i think the bears will have a bit of a regression i don't think they're going to win 12 or 13 or, or however many games they want last year i but they're still going to be a very good football team because they're a great roster. You know, the, the quarterback situation for the Bears is going to determine if they have the regression that, statistically speaking, they probably should or not. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are reinvigorated. The Minnesota Vikings looking to get back up on top of their game after a struggle last season. Uh, they really faltered down the stretch because the, the, the play calling in it with Kirk Cousins in the building kind of just like totally got away from from what they did really well the year before when they made the run to the NFC championship game. So um, I think there's a lot in their way, even though I like a lot of what the Lions did. It's kind of the same thing as the the Bucks, where it's just the volume of the teams that are perceived to still be in front of them. And I think have better players at critical positions puts them third on my list. All right. So I have to get to my number two. I have the Detroit Lions at number two. Okay. Um, I, I think they do have a difficult road to get there. Um, but at the same time, I, I like this offensive line. They've really upgraded their skill players, in my opinion, getting a true slot in Amendola, TJ Hawkinson in the fray at tight end. Matt Stafford is a guy that knows how to, you know, move, keep the offense moving and make big plays defensively. I mean, Trey Flowers is one of the best defensive linemen in the game. And they have him in the mix now. Uh, Patricia's a defensive mastermind. I, their secondary has been upgraded. Uh, I, 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 again, I don't think it will happen. I'm not predicting it will happen, but I think there's enough to believe. There's enough about the Detroit Lions to believe they're going to be a solid football team in 2019, and I do believe that the Bears are going to regress a bit. I mean, the Packers. You know, I love Aaron Rodgers. I like a lot about this football team. The defense is better. But, I mean, Matt LaFleur, it kind of that same stuff we talked about with – with uh, you had mentioned with Zach Taylor. You just kind of question uh, his resume for the for the spot that he's in. Uh, and then Minnesota, who I feel – I feel like there's so much pressure in Minnesota right now. 
you know, just based on the deal that they gave Kirk Cousins and uh, underachieving last year. And I, I just I, – I, I worry about that a little bit. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. But I think I think the Detroit Lions are a solid enough football team. I think they're – and that's kind of where I went back to. Like when I, when I ranked the teams one to eight that finished the last place in 2018, I think that the Detroit Lions are the second best team. And, and despite there being a tough course, I can subscribe to them winning enough games to get it done. I don't think I disagree with you with the Lions being the second best team on this list. But because they have three teams perceived yeah. in front of them versus the Jets and the AFC East only having one, that's why the Jets went ahead of the Lions on my, yeah. On my list. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, th- I mean, I, I don't think that's good reasoning. It's fine. Your process is good, right, Kyle? Process over results, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, in summary, we both are going to have the Jaguars first. We'll talk about them in just a minute. My list was Bengals, Cardinals, Giants, Raiders, Buccaneers, Lions. Jets, Jaguars, and Joe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I got this, even though I don't have it written down. Cardinals, Bengals, Raiders, Giants, Jets, Buccaneers, Lions, Jaguars. Yep, that's the list. Okay. So tell me about the Jaguars real quick. Well, I I mean, it's a simple fact that, and this is a team that's one season removed from being in the AFC Championship game, and they've improved their quarterback situation. Now, there's a lot of the same ingredients on that team that exist today. Some aren't there, and that's something we need to acknowledge. But they've, in some ways, they've they've been forward thinking and, and prepared for some of those losses with some young players to step in. Now, I, I mean, I have concerns about their style of play, uh, but this is a team that has been able to, you know, catch lightning in a bottle and make a deep postseason run relatively recently. And I think the AFC South is really competitive. I love what Indianapolis has going. I mean, there's a lot to like about Houston. They won the division last year at 11 and five. Uh, And, you know, Tennessee, despite uh, everyone being injured and Mike Vrabel in year one as a coach, they found a way to win nine games. It's a tough course. But two years ago, this Jaguars team did it. And I think the, the simple fact that the quarterback situation has improved and, you know, it didn't go to an elite tier. Let's be honest about that. But it went from the worst starting quarterback situation in the league to at least somebody that can run an offense, right, and and has, has had a history of going deep into the playoffs and winning the Super Bowl. I think all that matters to the team that's most likely to do it. I agree, which is why I'm going to spend my last 30 seconds before we sign off on something else, Joe. All right. Got a tweet about an hour ago from Alan Fisher. And uh, it's in reference to something that we talked about yesterday on the Jacoby Brissett podcast. By the way, he dropped one about black holes yesterday. Might, yeah. This might have to be water cooler Wednesdays with Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett. This might have yes, to be a new it's thing. Jacoby Brissett's Twitter timeline Wednesdays yeah. now. Uh, Alan said, just to reassure you, the earth might not get totally engulfed by the expanding sun. It will get burnt to a crisp, though. Oh, good. Also, our sun doesn't have enough mass to turn into a black hole. become a white dwarf instead. So our science was wrong, but we had good process, Joe. Process over results. None of that stuff you just said made sense to me, so. The sun will expand. How does anybody know that? Because they've observed it. I just yelled. I just yelled for no reason. I'm sorry. podcast for absolutely no reason. I just did it again. The, but So the Earth might not get engulfed as the sun expands in circumference. It might not expand so much that it, it swallows the Earth up, but it will. the sun will move to a point in which 
the heat that it emits will make the temperature of planet Earth uninhabitable. Kind of like what Mercury is. Now. You're speaking in certain terms here. Is this what scientists are saying? I'm trying to make it very clear for you to understand what, what I'm being told, which is that the sun might not eat the earth, but it's going to burn it to a crisp. You said we got like a billion years on that? Yeah, we got like a billion years to figure something out. Well, let's hope that our children are smart. Not mine. Mine's going to be watching all 22. He's got no right. contributions to the long term benefit. I can't get you to read a book. <laughs> well being of humanity. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Draft Dudes. As a reminder, tomorrow, Joe and I are talking about Justin Herbert and Tua Tagaviola. Can't wait. Our impressions of each over the summer, which one we prefer, what their strengths and weaknesses are. Very nuanced football after a couple lax days of. Uh, analysis here on draft dudes we like to have fun but we also like to keep it real when the time is appropriate and tomorrow's going to be one of those times where we're going to keep it real we're going to break down exactly what we saw on tape who we prefer and why thanks as always for listening there is a correct answer there is a correct answer you're right it's just that we don't know if we're gonna have the same one (laughs) come back tomorrow and find out thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.